Welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Here to talk all things hockey are your hosts, Brad Crisco, Ryan Hanna, and Evan Lobsinger. So be honest, guys. Do you notice anything different? Did you just... Was that my stomach? Into the chair? What? Did you just fart? No. No, that was my stomach. You guys ruined... <laughs> His stomach was upset because you wouldn't let him rest the I've mic had, stand on I've it. I had one piece of pizza for dinner. <laughs> I'm, si- <laughs> I'm sitting here like, all right, first moments in our new pod loft, our new studio. It's not fully set up, but our first moments ever recording in it. I'll do a whole thing. We'll lead in. And then Evan's stomach takes over. <laughs> I can't hide it. You just hungry. So for those watching on YouTube, and I guess for those of you who listen, who are listening, because right now it will be a little bit echoey because we don't have too much on the walls yet. Um, we're in our new space. We are in the pod loft slash whatever else other nicknames you guys come up with. I won't lie. The few suggestion, suggestions I've seen have been uh, notably poor. Step your game up, people. Um, yeah, I don't mind Podloft. Uh, hopefully the uh, audio, I can edit it a little bit. But if you guys notice that it's super awful or the echo's terribly bad, please let me know. Uh, like we're, rec- we're recording from the fourth dimension right now. I know. And there's no um, air conditioning slash furnace running in the background, which is weird. Uh, no child screaming upstairs. No dog's nails scraping on the floor above us. For no, now. it'll be below us. Below us. You won't be able to hear. There's a pretty good... Well, actually, depending on what Abby does. Abby's a big dog. She's pretty quiet, though. She kind of hangs out. Although, if if Mel's not down there, she might come try to sit right outside the door. Oh, so she'll fart in front of the door and it'll seep under. She's not a tutor. No? Yeah. That's why I'm so you. surprised when your dogs do it. I'm like, I don't understand them. My cat farts, too. Your cat farts? Yeah, when he gets super relaxed, he just farts. You don't hear it. They're, not, they're silent, but they are deadly. Relatable. Well... Welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. I'm Ryan Hanna. I'm Brad. I'm Luke Skywalker. <laughs> How I can't was believe he killed Dumbledore. <laughs> Dumbledore dies in the Harry Potter series? Yeah. I've never read them. Terrible. Yeah, I'm kidding. I've read them all and then I stopped reading the last book. You shut... That, that's <laughs> you, the worst thing I've ever heard of. And I still have the evidence because the bookmark's still in it. <laughs> Why don't you finish it? I realized I hate J.K. Rowling's writing style. And it's not for me. Seven books in? <laughs> yeah i was young. seven books in you i was a child that? and naive and then i grew up while i was reading the books and i realized it wasn't for me anymore you strange strange man yeah i know <laughs> so i still didn't get to that point of the book but i love you did you watch the, the movie meme. uh i think i've seen them all i think but my one buddy who's a diehard says the movies are are no good. No, they're not as good as the books. I like them because they're fun and like I, you realize very early on they're not going to be as good as the books. Um, I have no reason to, but why is it whenever anybody says they're not as good as the books, I just wince a little? Because just a book little. Book people are pretentious snobs because they can read. <laughs> I was going to say, is it because you can't read, Brad? You and damn words. They didn't teach you that in Tavistock, Ontario, wherever you're from. <laughs> Linda Mosenville. Yeah, we're in the bright lights of Kitchener now. Oh yeah. Well, we were in Kitchener. We've oh, oh we were, we moved to the big city. Yeah, we're actually in Kitchener now. Yeah, home of the Kitchener Rangers. We're not too far from the odd. I don't think. No, we are super close to the odd. Odd here, here, odd. That'd be very easy to do. Yeah, we could cover games, except we won't. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, what? You're bringing reality to the new studio? <laughs> Grow up. Ah, uh, yes. I forgot we had all that extra free time. Yeah. <laughs> on the uh, on this episode of the Winged Wheel Podcast, we actually have a very special interview with uh, Joshua Real, director of the Russian Five documentary, uh, the Red Wings documentary that's been out for a little while now. So um, that's something we've been trying to coordinate for a long time um, and happy we were finally able to match up our schedules. But first, the hockey world. The Red Wings did some things, which are worth talking about, but Taylor Hall, the trade happened. So we're Yes, to the the hockey superpower that is the Arizona Coyotes. <clears throat> we'll uh, we'll go over who predicted that soon. I don't know. I actually haven't gone back and checked. That is not Yes, you, you predict wow. Arizona right after Dreger and Friedman and Kenzie all are like, yeah, it looks like Arizona's the front runner. And then Ryan goes up in the limit and says, I think he's going to get traded to Arizona. I said Pittsburgh. Yeah, you actually had a hot take. I don't actually remember what I picked. You Florida. chose, was it, was it Florida? I don't know. Yeah. Sure. Maybe it was St. Louis. Yeah, yeah, it was St. Louis. I picked St. Louis. What an idiot. No, it's, it's okay. One day, Brad. Okay. Uh, and then we'll get into overtime, which on the midweek episode, of course, is brought to you by our Patreon supporters. All right, Taylor Hall. I don't have the full trade. I'll pull that up right now. Taylor Hall and Blake Spears to the Arizona Coyotes for Kevin Ball, Nate Schnarr, uh, Nick Merkley, uh, lottery-protected first-round pick, and a conditional third-round pick that could become a second-round pick if the Coyotes re-sign or resign Taylor Hall, or win a playoff series. And if they do both, it becomes a first-round pick. He just, oh. he just did all that from memory. Yeah. Right it now. wasn't that much, right? Um, Nate Schnarr is also from KW. Yeah, yeah, from Waterloo. Yep. Yeah, my aunt knows him somehow. Wait, is he from Waterloo? Yeah. The new guy that the Red Wings traded for, Kyle Wood, is from Waterloo. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of Waterloovians, right? Is that it? Yeah. Kitchenerites. Did you guys know that one? No. It sounds awful. Yeah. Most people just call them meth heads. <laughs> uh, all right, that trade. Um, quick two seconds. Who won? Mm, Arizona. Yeah, I would think so too. I think if you had to pick a winner, it's Arizona. But I- it, they, they got away. The key thing for Arizona is unless they something goes remarkably well for them, i.e. advancing in the playoffs – or re-signing Taylor Hall, they're not giving up more than what most would consider one premium piece. Kevin Ball's a pretty good prospect, projects to be probably a solid number four or five defenseman in the NHL, not a premium piece. Nate Schnarr and Nick Merkley are both talented prospects, but mm, longer shots to be anything more than a fourth liner in the NHL. The first round pick, obviously, is significant, so that's where New Jersey's really happy here. And then... If they have to give up a second first rounder, they're not going to complain because they went far in the playoffs and kept Taylor Hall. So I don't see much of a downside because if this season goes sideways for Arizona, they don't make the playoffs, they don't sell Hall, they're, they only gave up one premium piece for the gamble. And it's the quantity win is there for New Jersey. They're going to get, if I had to bet, two to three full-time NHL players out of this because I'd bet on the first-round pick because yeah. more often than not, I'd bet on Kevin Ball, and then you only need one more NHLer to make that a very good trade for New Jersey because objectively, looking at these quantity pieces and not being many premium pieces for Taylor Hall looks bad, but it's a rental. They gave up that much for, what, six months of Taylor Hall? Yeah. I- which is also a big win for Arizona getting it done 
now because they'll have him for north of 50 games instead of what 20 or 30 something if it was at the deadline and that's another good point um i think a lot of people ourselves included overreacted after the carlson trade and it's because we're really really uh bad at this yes (laughs) (laughs) we're seeing a change in how uh, ufas approach the market there's not an automatic i'm going to extend with this team anymore guys like taylor hall who are literally world-class players are going to test the market no matter what because you know he's going to pull in unless you're nathan mckinnon he'll take less money well which holy we should actually talk remains to be seen he's making half of the money he should right now yeah what's he is it five and a half six how does he sleep at night it's still half of what he should make yeah um on a large pile of money yes well medium size size pile of money it's a large pile of money everything north of five million is the same to me um <laughs> i mean i'll go out there and say anything north of a million is the same to me i don't know where brad's get you stuffing money in the mattress i've got things to buy ryan <laughs> for what things mm. <laughs> uh what you see with these guys like Taylor Hall, they're not automatically going to extend the team that they're on. And he's been, he's made it clear. He cares about where he goes. He won't just play anywhere. He wants to play for a contender and he probably wants to pick where he's going to live. Cause if you're someone who no matter what's going to make 11 million plus for the next seven years, maybe even eight, don't you want the choice of where you're going to make that? Cause the money's going to be the same. If you're so good where the money's going to be the same, no matter where you go, wouldn't you want the choice? Yeah, but Arizona is a great choice for them. They don't require a boating license there to operate a boat. (laughs) Freedom, baby. Those jokes came out right away. I was like, yes, internet, yes. Yeah, so no tweet is ever forgotten. No, Ray Shiro and the Devils definitely didn't fleece Arizona, and I don't think they won if you had to pick a winner, but I I think they made out okay. For a rental. Yeah. You have to disassociate the name Taylor Hall from the trade because you they didn't trade full Taylor Hall. No. They traded They partial. got a good quantity out of out of the trade. Yeah. Which is what you, a team like them are looking for. Look over the history of trades for rentals in the salary cap era. How many of those trades yielded ended up yielding two to three full time NHLers. If this goes really well for New Jersey, they could get five. Oh, I'd say they won't, but Again, two to three for a rental quality. It's mm-hmm. fantastic. If they end up with two first-round picks here, they are going to be making it like bandits. Yeah, but if they get two first-round picks, that means Arizona's picks going to be pretty deep. Yeah, that's true. That's also very true. Um, I've heard some debate on how good Taylor Hall is. and I do. Are people so quick to forget that this guy's one of the best left-wingers in the world? He's less than 18 months removed from a Hart Trophy. A Hart Trophy that McKinnon should have won, but he won it, so... He's legitimately one of the best players on the planet. Why does everyone... Nobody likes to admit that. Nobody likes to put him in the top 10 or top 15. People are still not realizing that one player can't do it all. So if you put a very, very superstar level talent with two underperforming math players, it doesn't work. No. If you can get away with one, this is why we're paying $30 million to Justin Abdelkader, mm-hmm. but you need that second guy on your line who's driving. Nico Heischer was usually Hall's running mate, but he's been injured for a good chunk of the season. So that didn't help Taylor Hall. So his numbers this year don't blow you off the dock, but he's been performing. And now that he's playing with, uh, looks at Arizona's rosters, he, now that he's in the same situation... <laughs> Who will he? He'll be playing with Dvorak. That's Christian yeah. Dvorak. That's who he played with in the first game in San Jose. He got an assist, yep. the winning goal. 
So, hey, he already equated likely an extra point in the standings for the Coyotes. The Coyotes are leading the Pacific. Yes, because we have such powerhouses as the Edmonton Oilers chasing them. Well, I mean, Vegas. Vegas, you have to imagine. Yeah, Vegas has gotten pretty hot lately. They're going to just stomp them. But, you know what? Good for Arizona and good for John Shaka for realizing the opportunity. He's like, this is an easy division to play in right now. Well, does Taylor Hall reshape this division now? Because I think we were all sitting here, whether we wanted to admit or not, kind of waiting for Arizona and Edmonton to trail off. Edmonton's kind of has. Does Arizona trail off now? Or does this mean they're the team to beat in the Pacific? Or is it still Vegas? Is it still Connor McDavid? The nice thing about Arizona is they basically have two starting goalies right now. So yes. If one guy gets a little cold, they just throw the other guy in. Yeah. And they can just run like that when they want. So, you know, they're, they're like most teams, they're only as strong as their goaltending, and they've been getting good goaltending this year. Yes. And must the, be nice. they've got a very strong yeah. defense with Oliver Ekman Larson. We've been getting Sh- good goaltending for the most part from Bernie. He just. <laughs> yeah. 70 shots a game <laughs> that's very true poor guy the poor guy he finally gets hot Bernie finally gets hot and he realizes that it changes nothing he's like oh we lost 4-2 instead of 5-2 sweet <laughs> yeah awesome um speaking of which uh the Red Wings played one game since we spoke last and they lost to Columbus uh was that Comrie in net mm-hmm that was no, Bernie. Bernie and he played well I yeah. thought he did because Detroit at one point was getting outshot twenty-four to seven, and the game was tied. Yeah, and it was not the first period. <laughs> Notably bad for Bitcoin. It's amazing how many times the Red Wings go into second intermission with fewer or near ten shots. It's staggering. I know it's their job, but it's just so funny when you hear commentators say, and "This is a much better effort for Detroit." And you see, like ten minutes in, the shots are like twelve-two, and I'm like, "Is it though? Is it that much better? Is it though?" <laughs> Well, when the measuring stick is below the floor. Yeah. And you know what? It's not their job to go out there and be like, this team's trash. Well, we can all see that with our eyes. Right now, the expectation of the Detroit Red Wings is please go on the ice and don't literally shit your pants. Everything above that is a win. (laughs) And they're only accomplishing that about half the time. That's why Blashell's making all those faces. Uh, Yeah, it stinks (laughs) on that bench, literally and metaphorically. (laughs) It's just shit. Shit everywhere. Who scored in that game? Yeah, I can't remember. Um, I think Heronic had one. Does that sound right? Oh, no, it was tipped off Bertuzzi. Oh, tipped. no, Burton Ernie had the goal. Yeah. Yes, Burton Ernie. The fourth line looked like a maybe a second line for a moment. Adam Ernie had two goals. This was his Riley Shahan yeah, moment. Yeah, we forgot about that. And uh, it was Ernie, Ernie, and then Bertuzzi. Yeah. yeah. So the goal list now slims down to Nielsen and Applicator. And uh, there's one. Uh, no, and scored. Oh, no. we're talking about forwards. Oh, forwards uh, only. Not, I'm not going to count McElrath because he's played like five games. So Perlini, Abdulkader, Nielsen. Yeah. Although the biggest moment of that game was um, when I tweeted the Burton Ernie joke and got retweeted by a porn star and didn't know how to feel about that. Yeah, that's a new one for you. That was that was a first. I like because you see the little thumbnails like when when you're going through your notifications, and I just assumed it was a a bot. And then I noticed that like the likes on that one went up pretty quick, and I'm like, hmm. hmm. And then I clicked on like, oh boy, my children are in the room and got off of that. <laughs> <laughs> She's a big Red Wings fan. Oh yeah, she is. <laughs> That was something. Uh, yeah. I was starting to doze off in that game. That fixed that. Oh, man. I made a joke about Adam Ernie, and oh, boy, the fight's in my mentions. Yeah. Can I just throw out there my biggest Twitter pet peeve is when you tweet something, and then there's like a 
47 long response thread that you are not even contributing to or reading. Yeah, they'll never change. I hate it. I hate it more than anything else. And people are arguing, and I'm like, guys, it was a joke. It was, it's fine. I don't care. And then they don't even remember that I was a part of it. <laughs> yeah, social media is scum for the most part. Oh, Twitter's the worst place in the world. Yeah, oh, it, Facebook and Twitter might do all that out. Twitter, Twitter Facebook. is free. Facebook, Facebook just seems cheap to ride on now. Like Facebook's just been bad. Everyone knows yeah, Facebook. Has bad. it has it reached the point it's become a parody of itself? Yeah. No, it's still impacting society too much. Okay. Um, okay, so we've done Taylor Hall. Uh, we talked about the Red Wings losing to the Blue Jackets. It was just a t- prototypical Red Wings tank game. Like the, that, the score of that game is not reflective of how awful that game was. Yeah, it was. Uh, There's those couple moments. Bertuzzi's goal was a tr- double deflection. It went yeah. Mantha passed to Heronic. Heronic shot off Larkin, off Bertuzzi. In the net. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that first goal, um, I guess it's a fitting episode to make this joke. Uh, Ernie and Nielsen and Perlini on the first goal, very reminiscent of the Russian five. What the hell happened there, and yeah. how did they do that? A lot of one-touch passing out of nowhere that, that we've never seen before. That might have been the nicest goal a Red Wing has scored this year, and it was by the three most unlikely characters. Oh, yeah. When you tweeted out, I laughed my ass off when you're like, this is statistically the most unlikely goal in the NHL this season. <laughs> and I'm like, so many people are engaging with this because they think that's objectively true. Uh, and the funny thing is, it is. You said yeah. it as a joke, but it yeah. probably is. It probably was. The guy with zero goals and zero assists in 28 games finished. The guy with zero goals and two assists, who's still trailing our goalie in points, <laughs> is the one who set it up. And then the other guy who has zero goals and one assist in 20-something games was the start of it. Like... There's no way there's a more unlikely goal scored than that. There, I, there I can't like, be. I was like, there's no way the Red Wings lose this game. There's no way at all. And they, Ryan, you haven't been paying attention. No. Um, they've firmly maintained their spot in the lottery division. They are uh, three more games played than New Jersey and six points back for last place in the league. So, oh boy, are they going to lock down fourth overall pick hard. Uh, uh, Ryan, I've already made the joke about throwing the mic stand through that window and... <laughs> We didn't talk. Uh, there's been a couple of trades. We'll talk about the trade from... Uh, we should have talked about last episode. We completely forgot. It's because it's a nothing trade. It's Oliver Kasky, um, for to Carolina for uh, defenseman Kyle Wood. So defenseman for defenseman. Wood is a year younger. Neither of them project to be NHLers. It's mostly an AHL move. Uh, from what we know, it's because pretty much Kasky wanted more playing time. And he was not going to get that in Grand Rapids. See you later. And there he went. Kyle Wood, Waterloo local, so he's uh, from where around we're recording. Um, big guy, six five or six seven, one of the two. He big, two hundred thirty five pounds. Um, he's not going to be an NHLer. Let's just put it out there. Like, Probably not. It's always fun to like talk about these guys. We might get a look at him at some point, but likely he's just going to he's going to be a career. Oh, he's like third on the death chart already. Yeah, um, yeah. So we didn't talk about that trade because it was easy to forget. Um, the Red Wings had traded for Eric Comrie a little while back. They traded Sari RV and, you know, I, I was surprised they even had Sari RV on the roster still. So I uh, wasn't too sad about that dump um, of a, uh, a depth defenseman or someone in the pipeline. And then with Comrie being in the NHL, Howard being on long-term IR and Bernie being in the NHL, the Red Wings had a choice and it was carry three goalies or um send one down or wave one of them and i guess it wasn't going to be bernie obviously he's been the red wings best goalie and it wasn't going to be howard uh the starter for the last decade and they decide to uh wave eric comrie 
who promptly got picked up by Winnipeg, his former team. <laughs> he went from Winnipeg to Arizona, then was traded from Arizona to Detroit. Detroit had to waive him to try to send him down, and uh, Winnipeg picked him up. Did we need a roster spot or something? No, this oh, this is the back. this might be the first decision in the Eisenman regime where I'm looking at it and I go, I just I can't, can't fa- be- I can't justify it. I can't think of a reason for it. I understand not wanting to carry three goalies. But the roster is so bad, you easily could have carried a third goalie. I mean, all loyalties to Jimmy Howard aside, when both him and Comrie have shown poorly this year, you generally want to err on the side of youth in a rebuild. You gave up an asset, not a significant one, to get him. Uh, I, I understand um, the if he goes through waivers and another team picks him up and they attempt to send him down without getting into the logistics of it, Detroit basically gets him back if they put a claim on him. He's just ours again and then we could send him to the minors if nobody else put a claim on him but has anybody i i'll admit i'm surprised winnipeg's a team that picked him up because as far as i could tell brassois and hellebuck were doing well this year i think they loved him so much they never want to get rid of him yeah so maybe they're going to carry three goalies but looking around the league at san jose uh toronto new jersey i just i didn't see a reality in which he went through well new jersey blackwood's playing pretty well in new jersey right now if their goaltending was good, Ryan, they would not be the Red Wings' closest contender for first overall. He has like a nine twenty save percentage in the last few games. A few games, it's good, but they still probably need a backup. San Jose and Toronto, I'm surprised. Yeah, well, at Toronto, we don't know if they... No, Toronto must not have put a claim in if he got to Winnipeg, but still. He goes reverse order of overall standings? Yeah, as of a certain date, like it resets, I think, every month. Yeah. But... So this might have been the December 1st order. But yes. either way, I, I understand that, you know, if the other team that picks him up waves him, it does work well for Detroit. If no other team puts in a claim, they might not end up losing him. I still think it was the wrong decision. I just... Yeah, it's hard to look at that this one and know all the ins and outs. You don't know if Eisenman was saying, sorry, RV, we need... Like, the the clearing out the, the log jam on defense was just as valuable to us as he was as a prospect or even more so you don't know if he had given up on him regardless if he was just like this is literally a throwaway we'll get a body in net because howard's hurt and if when howard comes back we lose him then whatever um that's kind of how i think eisman was thinking i don't think Com- i don't think anyone was deluded enough to think Comrie was the goalie of the future but in general yeah it does suck to see a guy you gave up an asset for go away for free when um, he didn't have to when he didn't have to. That said, if they did carry three goalies, how long would they have been able to get away with that? Um, given how the Red Wings goalies go, probably a good long while because one of them would have went down with an injury within a month. Fair, but who gets injured more than Red Wings goalies? Red Wings skaters. So, so all the roster spots available to sit a third goalie there. Yeah. <laughs> You can't play. Uh, Bernier is showing some offensive poise. Well, he's literally outscoring our entire fourth line. Still, Mel's been giving me her Taco Bell takes, and I told her she can't just take that, which was a bad idea because now she's absolutely oh, taking it. Yeah. <laughs> and did you find it? No. No. Oh. oh, for context, guys, for those watching on YouTube, this isn't our brand new custom podcast table. This is literally like a card table with our flag draped over it. Our uh, table is going to be much bigger, and I'm not going to be sitting so How close. How are we all going to fit in frame? That's zoomed in right now. Okay. <laughs> Optics with Brad. That still might be tricky. No. Literally no. That will cover the whole wall-to-wall. 
it's zoomed in with the lens. Beautiful. And then it won't be so zoomed in that you can actually pick out my pores. No. Yeah, absolutely not. This is a win-win. I've named your pores on my side. It's the dark side of the bread. You guys can't see it on camera. The dark side of the bread. Um, It's the tired side, coincidentally. (laughs) I can't remember what I was talking about. It must not have been useful. No, the, the Comrie thing... I don't think anyone would think he's he's the guy of the future. It does suck to see him go. Um, there is that weird loophole that Brad mentioned where he could come back. Um, yeah, I, I I don't have any justification for this decision. I literally just think Eisman needed a body and net, saw a guy. He's like, this could work out. I want to dump Sari Yarvi anyways. Um, he needed to wave him at some point because he thought, our guys are getting injured too much. We can't afford to be wasting a roster spot in a third goalie. Um, sent Comrie down and was like, yeah, coin toss whether he makes it. And if he doesn't make it, Eisenman goes, it's a loss, but it's not a huge one. Is this a Ryan's needle mover TM? No. Nah. So you're probably right, Brad. It's not a great move. It's just kind of like not great business, but does it change anything? No, it's nothing to be upset about. Well, the Red Wings do need to find their goal of the future because with how often Philip, Philip Larson's hurt again. And he's having a bad year. Ah, it's expected. Like a first-year pro going into the AHL to what's been a relatively weak Grand Rapids team. Uh, I'll say underperforming Grand Rapids, not weak. I can't say I'm like completely giving up on them, but none of the other guys in Detroit system are... like. While there were a lot of candidates there, none of them seem to be blowing the doors off, which is, I guess, why the... uh, Georgiev and Sorokin rumors have started churning up around Detroit. Just going to say, New York has three startable start or starting goaltenders. Henrik Lundqvist will never leave New York. Oh, you're talking about the Rangers and the Islanders? You said, I, yeah, I think you said the Islanders. Oh, yeah. Sorry, but the, the statement Rangers. holds true. Yeah, New York. So the Rangers <laughs> New have... York, New York has six starting caliber goalies. <laughs> Lundqvist, Georgiev, and Sorokin. Shesterkinen for the Rangers. <laughs> yeah, right. Shesterkinen. I'm all mixed up. You got me all turned around. Okay. Rangers have Lundqvist, Georgiev, Shesterkin. The Islanders have Varlamov, Grice, Sorokin. Sorokin? Oh, yes, 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 yes. It's late. And Shesterkin and Sorokin could both lay claim to the two best goalies not currently in the NHL. Um, I usually put to bed any rumors of the Red Wings ch- like chasing a starting goalie. Um they are going to need one on the other side of this rebuild. And you know what? I, I was listening to Jeff Merrick, and he was saying he had this sentiment, which is, why are we all just not trying to win? Like, we keep talking about the perfect time to go for it. And what happened to just trying to win? And I understand the sentiment. I don't agree completely because uh, I think it kind of glosses over the notion that, like, the reality is, like, the Red Wings right now can't be trying to win because they literally couldn't if they tried. It's a waste of time to try and squeeze out some more points. Also, I've been watching um, the current hot streak that Jake, Jack Eichel, Connor McDavid, and Austin Matthews are on and go, oh, right, that's why. That's exactly Rest why. Peace, Jack Eichel's injured. He's injured? Oh, it, I think it's the, the flu. flu. No, he left the game. Oh, bad. Yeah, point streak done. Bad. I don't think he dressed, I heard. I heard he wasn't even dressed. Not yet. according to some large Toronto sports shoes. Steve Mangle. Out for his flyer with upper body injury. Point streak ends at 17 games. I don't think that makes sense. That I was three he... hours ago, though. So, yeah, he didn't dress. Um, yeah, so you you I usually try to put those rumors to bed because there's no point in trying to be good now. But we are probably a couple of years two maybe three years away from really trying to like do our best and there's going to need to be a viable goalie on the other end of that Mm -hmm. it might still be philip larson it might be keith petrozelli 
it might be Jesper Eliasson. But as it stands right now, uh, you're probably not betting on any of them. No. Um, as for the rest of the roster, a lot of people are going to change. It's funny, um, Joshua, you guys weren't in on the interview, but he said, I'd be surprised if there's more than like four or five guys that are here once the Red Wings are like competing for playoff wins again. And I was like, oh, wow. Are we counting Grand Rapids? <laughs> no, no, I think he meant on the actual Red Wings. Uh, Red Wings are essentially just an audit this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's an it. outsider with an outside perspective has come in and is looking at the books and th- those who don't make f- who don't fit the bell will be gone wow what's with your doses of reality today what's your problem i'm exhausted well you saw star wars how was it um i will keep it spoiler free okay um i thought he already spoiled the dumbledore thing at the beginning of the episode yeah sorry about that but i'll keep the rest of the review uh spoiler free um i thought i said to you guys i thought the reviews online were very harsh and a lot harsher than they had to be um small aside before you finish your review the most entertaining thing i did all day yesterday maybe all week was read the reviews for cats Oh my god, they were so funny and brutal. That like, was brutal. The I sat there for 30 minutes while I was falling asleep reading these reviews and it was worth every second of it. Critics were essentially just trying to come up with the best one-liner insult that they could come up with and it was amazing. That's what a lot of movie critics are these days, but for cats it kind of seems justified. Yeah, yeah. For well, the- yeah. No. Well, yeah. What is that? Cats, the movie, is the worst thing to happen to cats since dogs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw that one. <laughs> that was my favorite one. <coughs> I got beer in my nose. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it, yeah, that was funny. But anyway, yeah. You know what? I thought Star was was okay. Um, Star, this isn't a spoiler. But everybody knows they lean heavy on the nostalgia with the characters from the first trilogy. And it's just like, can we not have some good writing in 2019? Like, these are massive budget films. So you know what? If you're looking for a movie to see over the holiday and you just want to get out of the house and spend 15 bucks on popcorn. Sea cats. Sea cats. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I, I enjoyed it. It was, you know what? It is what it is. It gives you a little touch of what the original trilogy was like. It's done, hopefully. and uh, At least we have The Mandalorian. I haven't watched that yet. Really? I don't have Disney+. Plus. I don't I don't give in to the whole multi-subscription things, because then it's just a cable subscription. You just want my login, man. Please. <laughs> <laughs> Once the final episode's done, I'll just do it all in one day, all, and yeah. I'll be done. It's, not, it's on, like, the 27th. But The Witcher comes out tomorrow, so... Yeah. My uh, my all that free time I have is now completely gone. Yeah, yeah. I'll let you know when they're all out. You can have my log. J- just wait till you're married with uh, with kids, because the one show I've been keeping up with now, I have zero interest in, and I'm all in on the finale. It's the like Wiggles, tubbies. No, <laughs> no. It's 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 a crystal show that my daughter also enjoys that I've been on the couch for that I'm now invested in. Handmaid's Tale, really? It's a lot for Mika. No, it's what's it called? The Master. I've heard Sarah. that's good. Oh, the masked singer. Like it's yeah, like I don't pay any attention oh. to it, but now I want to know who they are. With Nick Cannon, who oh. for some reason tried to start a beef with Eminem, which is like the one guy you don't start a beef with. He's just gonna crawl out of the cave so. he can't he's was living in for the next the last five years and he's gonna just end his life. Yeah, he's gonna release three albums all just lyrically murdering him and then maybe actually murder him. There are yeah. three there are three good things about this show. 
the mystery of it, because they actually do a pretty good job of keeping you engaged. Uh, laughing at, not with Nick Cannon and Ken Jong. Oh, Ken Jong's on there. He's one of the panelists that tries to guess, <clears throat> and he's good. You know what? Jenny McCarthy's on it though, and that like I kills me oh, inside wow. every. Every time she talks, I die a little inside, much like her unvaccinated children. But <laughs> <laughs> get him. <laughs> hey, Brad's funny. Don't Maybe tell. It's him. just because I'm super tired. Yeah, <laughs> the bar is low. Maybe it's because I'm super tired. Before we get too far off track, uh, let's actually dive into that interview uh, with Joshua Real of the uh, Russian Five. He's the director of the Russian Five documentary. Um, Obviously, listen to the interview. Uh, he does well with my sleep-deprived self, trying to ask him decent questions. Uh, but stay tuned. We're, there's going to be some giveaways for you. But without further ado, Joshua Real, The Russian Five. Welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. This is our long-awaited interview uh, with the director of The Russian Five. The, uh, well, not so recently, but recently released uh, documentary about the uh, infamous Red Wings Russian group. Joshua, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So we were laughing before we actually started. We had this planned back in, I think it was June. And uh, life has gotten in the way, left, right, and center. So uh, despite this not being the initial kind of press tour for the project, I appreciate you coming on and the, the fans are definitely going to be excited to hear from you. For sure. No, yeah, lots of interesting stuff has happened since then. So yeah, quite a bit. It's all good. <laughs> so the Russian Five, Joshua, tell us why this movie. Why did you decide to put this uh, documentary together, and why now? Well, for me, you know, I grew up a Red Wings fan, uh, big fan of the Russians in particular. Uh, Konstantinov was really my favorite player, and you know, he was sort of an inspiration to me, uh, overcoming some. Uh, back surgeries that I had after a car accident. Um, and so, you know, I knew his story was inspirational and it kind of came time to tell my first feature length documentary. And, and the story just always spoke to me. So, uh, my mentor at the time, Al Reiner, was like, uh, you know, you need to do this. And he actually threatened to stop hiring me on his projects if I didn't try. <laughs> so, uh, seven years ago, I started just writing letters to everyone involved and, you know, fortunately for me, the NHL was in a lockout at the time. So guys like Jim Lights and Ken Holland didn't really have anything to do um, other than just wait for the lockout to be resolved. So they all had time for me to, you know, to talk about this. And that sort of was the beginning of the journey. And it's been a long, crazy road since then. <laughs> so I, I guess this is a open-ended question, but knowing that this is born out of a lull in the hockey world um, and seeing it grow so rapidly in front of you. Was there any singular moment or story that you covered that really, really shocked you or was more uh, kind of out of left field or was surprising or fun to work on? I mean, from the, st you mean the story itself of the Russian five or the experience? Uh, I guess the experience or anything that came out as you were kind of uh, doing the exploratory phase of this. Um, I mean, no, because, you know, you try to do your homework as best as you can. So, you know, you go into it knowing mostly what you need for the interviews, knowing the story. Um, you don't know the emotions attached to it. Uh, and so that's always, you know, the goal is to try to kind of get these guys to talk about, you know, not just tell me that 1994 they lost to the San Jose Sharks, you know, being upset in seven games. Like, I need to know how they felt about it, right? Um, you can imagine, but that's, you know, the goal. Uh, so, 
yeah, you know, there wasn't really anything story-wise that was a surprise. There were some cool little anecdotes that you hear that, you know, like Sergei Fedorov and Vladimir Konstantinov going to a Guns N' Roses concert and getting to party with everyone except for Axel uh, <laughs> until six in the morning, you know, like that's a cool little tidbit I discovered in making this. But as far as what you see in the actual movie itself, I think it's, um, you know, that all came up out of a lot of just research. Now, uh, the most notable thing other than the actual story for me was the uh, art style of the movie. Uh, explain to us how you kind of came to the decision to uh, uh, style the movie in that way and uh, basically why you felt it was the most impactful way to tell a story. Well, I don't like recreations and, and documentaries. I think they're really hard to do well, especially if you don't have a really big budget, which we did not have. Uh, so we had to you know, find a reasonable, affordable way to tell the parts of the story that there's obviously nothing visual to show. Um, I knew from the beginning that I wanted to do animation. Um, when I took this project to my producer, Jenny Fedorovich, I kind of, I, I, you know, one of her first questions was, what do you see? And I was like, animation. And we both kind of agreed, you know, like some sort of Soviet-inspired thing, but had a comic booky look like to it. So, I mean, if you look at the entire visual treatment of the film, including those, uh, you know, the artwork animations, you realize that it really is sort of in the, the style of a Soviet comic book, um, you know, sort of the blend between the constructivism and the American comic book style, which I think are two really fascinating art forms from our, our culture and the Soviet culture. Um, so, you know, we wanted to give it the, the feel, you know, that you're assembling these five Russians sort of like you're assembling, you know, the Avengers or something. So, uh, you know, we wanted to keep it in that, that world, if you will. The, uh, the Russian five being the original Avengers is now uh, canon within Red Wings fandom. So thank you for putting that <laughs> forward. <laughs> of course. Um, so since the release of the film, what's the reception been like, uh, I guess, generally to the public and then maybe even specifically from Red Wings fans who have come forward to you? Well, my favorite response is the Red Wings haters, actually. Uh, people in L. I, I didn't realize how hated the Wings were outside of the Midwest until I took the film to Los Angeles. And, you know, Kings fans were like, I hate the fucking Wings, but I love this movie, man. And you're like, cool. That's, you know, that's what you hope for is to tell a story and move people in a way that they um, – they put whatever sort of preconceived ideas they had about the Detroit Red Wings in this instance aside and just sort of go on that journey and maybe appreciate and understand what that team went through a little bit better. Now, um, as it's known to everyone, the Red Wings of today aren't exactly uh, the Red Wings of the uh, Russian Five in their heyday. Uh, do you feel like being able to tell this story um, is some kind of catharsis or relief to Red Wings fans who aren't exactly seeing the success that they're used to? I mean, I would prefer that the team be uh, playing well uh, so that we don't have to have this conversation. But, I mean, the reality is, yeah, you know, they're, Stevie's got to rebuild from the entire ground up, you know. Um, I'd be surprised if there's more than four players on this roster who will be on the roster when they eventually start making playoff runs. But for the fans, I mean, it's, you know, it's coincidental timing that it kind of – it's coming out while we need something – to cheer about um so you know i just i'd hope that more fans would seek it out and 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 rent it purchase it watch it however you know they can um especially newer fans who you know need to understand like 
it wasn't easy. Like that's the one thing that this film really shows is like there were a lot of almost there's this is going to be our year should have could have would have before they finally won the Stanley Cup. So, you know, yeah, the captain's back, but it's not, you know, it's not going to happen overnight. Uh, so you're well versed then. So <laughs> Yeah. Um, now the, the main story, or I guess the, um, the crucial piece in this whole saga is, um, everything that happened with, uh, Vladimir Konstantinov. Um, yeah. how difficult, or I guess how impactful was it working on that part of the project and, uh, both for you and for the, um, the players and the personnel and, and uh, those involved in the story? Well, uh, I'll answer your question by telling you this little this story. Um, I, I had to stop doing my interviews chronologically um, because as I had established that pattern through the course of the interview, you know, you, you start out with like, for example, um, Dave Lewis, right. And, you know, I started talking to him about what the team was like before the Russians came in and the Iserman early days and the transformation, et cetera, you know, and I get through all the arcs and the beats and then we get to the Stanley cup. 97 and rather than talking about it in this joyous sort of memory of like wow how special this was him and a couple other people who you know this when i realized this was happening before i did they would tense up because they had you know their memory was going in the progression of what happened and so even though that they were trying to relive this happy moment they were being conditioned in an interview to also think about what came next, which is the accident. Um, so I ended up having to just completely just jumble the, the chronological order of what happened in the interviews. And so, so you know, with Stevie, I, I started with, I just started with the first Russian five game. And then, you know, within the first 30 minutes, the accident, and then we went back and then we talked about the Stanley cup finals and all that. So, you know, it's, it's uh, just learning the, the, art of the interview and kind of figuring out those things. Um, it's just part of the process, but yeah, you know, it still affects those guys today. Sergey, um, I had a chance to spend some time with him in Moscow and it's still just talking about Vladdy really, you know, gets him kind of choked up and, and yeah, you know, it's tragic. All of those guys still, it's, um, yeah, no, you know, um, well, for those of you who haven't seen it, um, this documentary will do a good job at, at bringing you to tears and choking you up. Like what Josh was mentioning here. Um, that was a moment I watching the documentary, Joshua, like I knew it was coming Yeah, and it's, I still couldn't help it. And you know what? Kudos to you for, uh, telling that story in such an impactful, um, obviously respectful manner and allowing um, those people that you mentioned to be the ones to kind of uh, talk about it and, and deliver what the moment of that day was like. So um, obviously well, the, the documentary is worth watching for every piece of it, but that, that part was done, you know, particularly impactfully. I appreciate that. I mean, so much credit is, it goes to my editor, David Fabello, who uh, really just brought a wonderful sensibility of the pacing um, and the, the nuanced touch that we needed to, um, you know, let you feel the, the depth of the emotion, but not linger in it too long, you know? No, definitely. 
Um, it, it's hard to kind of touch on too much after that. Um, that being the kind of the, the main piece or the main, uh, pivotal moment in the entire story. Um, in general, a Red Wings fan working on a, uh, one of the most popular sports stories of all time, uh, directly involving the Red Wings. Was that kind of like a pie in the sky? You never thought you would do that in your career? Or is it something that you've always wanted to do? Well, honestly, like the first film job I ever had, like paid, I was on OzFest on a tour bus, you know? So like um, from 17 years old, I've always found myself in these spaces that um, might seem sort of like pie in the sky type thing. And it just sort of eventually became normal. Um, so yeah, in that way, it, you know, it, I guess it should be weird, but it wasn't weird. Um, you know, I just got back from Israel with Darren. We, we went over there with Slava Fatisov to show the movie and like, that should be weird, right? Uh, floating, floating the dead sea with Darren McCarty, um, four times Stanley cup champ, but it's not anymore. Um, he's just my buddy now. So yeah, uh, life is weird, I suppose. <laughs> it's funny that you say that because, uh, we actually had Darren on in October and when we got off, okay. when we got off the, uh, the interview with him, we kind of were just like shooting the shit and Darren talked about, you know, hanging out the next time we're around. And I think I looked at the guys and said, yeah, you know what? Life's pretty weird. eh?" Yeah. yeah. It's funny how it works out. Uh, so the Russian five documentary, um, can you just walk us through where it's available, where people can find it and just do your kind of five second pitch here? Yeah. You know, it's on iTunes. It's on Amazon prime. You can buy uh, a DVD uh, from our website. We have T-shirts. There's actually a special T-shirt that there's a, a pro, like a, a, I don't know exactly how much, but there's a proceed of it that goes to Vladimir Konstantinov. Um, where else? Uh, it's going to be on NBC Sports again uh, in the new year. Uh, if you are flying Delta United, uh, a handful of airlines uh, you can catch it on your in-flight entertainment uh, yeah if you just go to the russian5.com in general uh, we've got all sorts of information there where to get it where to buy it uh, you buy it from us directly uh, social media stuff where we're always putting up cool behind the scenes photos um, rare photos that we got from the Detroit Free Press so you know we're trying to stay active um, we feel like you know a lot of Red Wings fans have seen this but there's a lot lot more who haven't yet and you know we want them to because it is a big part of, of the the history of this franchise and to say thank you to you joshua and to help spread the good word we'll be giving away a copy of the dvd and then also uh yeah i'm looking at this merch right now a piece of merch uh of the winner's choice um awesome. so stay tuned on twitter to find out how to win that uh this is joshua real director of the russian five documentary please go watch it joshua thank you so much for joining us today Hey, thank you. Appreciate it. And we're back. That was our interview with Joshua Real of the Russian Five. That was the director. Um, great to speak to him. Seriously, guys, if you have not seen the Russian Five yet, it is absolutely worth seeing. It blew me away. Uh, and like I mentioned, uh, be ready to cry. I haven't seen it. Oh, man. the, the where, cons- do, where does one see it without uh, giving out free ads? Uh, I have it on iTunes. We can watch it here, actually. You get- uh, no, I'm good. Thank you. You can just stream me in. <laughs> can you facetime me the <laughs> listen i want to sit on my couch with my cross you can on. sit in the freaking armchair dude what on my couch under my blanket with my crocs 
and but, a bowl of popcorn. You know what we were talking about? At, for uh, Here's a, another uh, piece in the segment called Evan cluing into this whole whole damn podcast. Uh, Brad and I were talking about like um, finances and stuff for the show. And I was like, oh, by the way, I reimbursed uh, myself from our account for like blah, blah, blah. And also like NHL TV. And Evan goes, oh, I want some free NHL TV. I was like, well, you can come over. And start watching the live streams with us. And he was like, oh, no, I'm good. <laughs> I found a very lucrative way of watching the games on the interwebs. It's called For Free. Mm. You will have to be here for the live streams. Don't Look at him <laughs> contemplating. <laughs> I know. He's, he's trying his damnedest to not. The last thing I want to do is watch a Red Wings game. The second, the next thing I want to do is have to put pants on in the winter. And well, go well, I'll put the, the camera. Like, your pants aren't even in the frame right now. Oh, I could wear shorts over yeah, I guess. And my Crocs. Yeah. So, uh, again. <laughs> Those are my indoor Crocs, though. Look at the tweet for this episode. <laughs> look at the tweet for this episode to uh, try to uh, to enter to win a copy of the Russian 5 and a piece of Russian 5 apparel, which is legitimately dope. I don't know if you guys have seen this stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, with that, should we head over to... No, first we're going to take in a picture that happened in 2019 that we all saw coming. Taylor Hall and Phil Kessel. Oh. Taylor Hall and Phil Kessel celebrating a goal together for the Arizona Coyotes. Oh, yes. As we all predicted. Yep. We're going to head over to Overtime, which on this episode of the Wing Wheel Podcast is brought to you by Motor City Garages. They are a family-owned and operated company servicing Metro Detroit. They do everything from garage flooring cabinets, overhead racks, uh, wall storage, and everything to do with your vehicle. Enough of the messy garages everyone is sick of walking through. It's time to turn it into something useful. Whether you like to work on your car or if you'd like an organized space, we have you covered. 3D designs and a lifetime warranty, Motor City Garages, park in style. Overtime on midweek episodes are brought to you by Patreon patrons, and their comments get read out exclusively. Nobody else, just patrons. We're going to start with Alex Zucco, uh, who says, Hey, dub dub dudes, I just want to say happy holidays and that we're excited to have you guys visit Grand Rapids in a few months. I think you guys will really enjoy our visit. Uh, enjoy your visit as there are a lot of great spots for a drink and food just a short walk from Van Andel Arena and the city loves its griffs. As for the Red Wings, I'm just curious as how you would handicap the chances of as of December 20th that Athanasiu is moved prior to the deadline. I love what he brings from an entertainment standpoint as a fan, but his streakiness makes him tough to rely on. Thanks as always for providing us with great content. 40%. More likely to not happen, but still high enough to leave you wondering. I am a uh, my newest tinfoil tinfoil hat theory. Uh, now that the tank has become full fledged reality, my newest tinfoil hat theory is that Athanasiu will be traded. But even that, I think I can only realistically give a twenty percent chance in my head. I'm a twenty percent chance guy too. Yeah, um, it's hard, right? If anyone's going to get maximum value out of a guy, it's Steve Eisenman. That being said, you never know what the market's like. Also, that being said, you have a high-impact winger who can play really well if he's with talented line mates. Hello, Edmonton. Um, it just depends if there's the right buyer out there. Uh, Lonnie Zone says, hello, fellas, and Dub Dub Nation. Happy holidays. Congrats on the new podcasting barn as well. Been looking at Cap Friendly and thinking, would it surprise anyone if Abby mysteriously becomes allergic to his equipment in March and replaces Franzen in his LTIR slot this summer? Thought I'd share that happy thought since the, se- since the season of giving and all. Much love. Thanks for everything you guys do. Would not bet on it. No, Abby's 
He's been injured lately, but he's usually pretty resilient. He was a healthy scratch last game, and I almost fainted because mm. I never thought I'd see the day. What was that about? Uh, maybe Blashill actually watched him play. Didn't he watch his first four games where he was good? <laughs> Glimpse it. He just looked at the stat sheet after. Um, if you want guys who are going to be LTIR'd, well, we didn't even mention this. Danny DeKaiser just underwent season-ending back surgery. Poor Danny DeKaiser. Yeah. On a year where he was poised to be Detroit's best defenseman. Philip not- Peronik said no. Well, yeah, I mean, Philip Peronik now, I think, so would beat him out. But Danny DeKaiser, his past, like, 18 to 20 months, he's looked great. He's looked really good. Out of those 18 to 20 months, like, the four months he's played. So that's a huge blow to the Red Wings blue line. Huge boon to the Red Wings um, draft lottery chances. Yes. Um, yeah, because we're going to be still living in a world of uh, God. Who's the number three defenseman on this team? You got Heronic Green and Nemeth. Nemeth, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that's crappy. Um, that's probably my highest candidate of being LTIR'd. Uh, Austin Trotman says, "Hey guys, using only players who have e- who have never played for the Wings, making us make a starting lineup of the best slash your favorite past or current players. No duplicates either. Keep up the great work." So never have played for the Red Wings. Ooh. Okay, I'll, my I'll do five. Okay, my starting left winger is Pavel Bure. He's my he's my favorite player of all time who has not played for the Red Wings. Uh, my centerman is going to be Wayne Gretzky. My right winger is going to be Mario Lemieux because obviously, yeah. Let's throw Bobby Orr on defense, and then uh, uh, just for the funsies, I'm a big Eric Carlson fan. I have let's Car- throw him there. I have Carlson and Orr. I have Braden Holtby in that. I love Holt so much. Oh yeah, we gotta go goalies. Um, I'm gonna go Lundqvist. I'll go Lemieux at center. Um. I'm a, is was Patrick Elias a winger? I believe so. I'm a I was a big Patrick Elias fan. I was a huge Patrick Elias fan. I, I really liked him, and so if you want favorite players, he was a center. Damn it! You know what? I didn't really watch enough of Gretzky. I'll go Elias at center because Gretzky's a, a cop out. And wingers, yeah, I watched a lot of Gretzky, so you're not getting taking that one away from me. Wingers will be Ovi and oh, Ovi's a good one. Burray, Gretzky, Lemieux. I can't go against Burry. it. I, yeah. well, growing up watching Burray, Gretzky, and Lemieux in the 90s, I, I can't not pick them. Evan, honest answer, are you going to do this? No. <laughs> Evan Beckner says, New Jersey is obviously embracing the tank as well. Do you think they consider shopping Subban? Also, did Montreal win the Weber-Subban trade? Great question because we made fun of it a lot. Man, Subban is bad. He is cat's bad. Here's the thing. <laughs> uh if New Jersey could trade Subban, they would. They probably can't right now because his back degradation has been brutal. He also has zero value, and his contract blows. Yeah. How many years does he have left? Too, Too many. many. But Nine. Still, cat, that's how many cats' lives he has left. <laughs> still, and yet, still less years left than Shea Weber. And that's the thing. Shea Weber comes with a clause, although it wouldn't really hurt Montreal as much as, much as it would hurt. Oh, screw Nashville. Yeah. Uh, PK, Which is funny because Nashville's not even the one who structured that contract. Remember, PK that was Subban an offer sheet that was matched. PK Subban has two more years left. That's not terrible. Uh, PK Subban at the time of the trade was not projected to fall off this much. And you know what? Here's my hot take slash. I don't want to admit I'm wrong yet. If PK Subban finds a way to get healthy, he's not this bad. If he has an absolutely horrendous finish to the season two and it just doesn't get better. 
He sounds like a reclamation project right up Steve Eiserman's out. We will eat that salary for you in New Jersey. No problem. You know what, Jersey? Send us Subban in a second, and we'll send you Franz Nielsen. If it's a cap dump, Ryan, you're going to have to think that one over a little bit. <laughs> what if it's Subban for Nielsen straight up? Would they do it? No. I know, but could we say yes just for my <laughs> just for my dreams? Uh, we're going to go over to uh, Jagger Gondek, who says, saw a tweet saying, what if Lorcan asked for a trade out of Detroit and thought, what would the possibility of that ever happening be, if any? Also, what do you think he can get in return? Is there any comparable deals given his age, talent, and contract? Thanks for the great show. This is my first time becoming a Patreon supporter. Well, thank you for making us your first uh, uh, Patreon or for supporting us first before anyone else on Patreon. And welcome to, to the Dub Dub family. Um, I'm there, struggling to think of a comparable trade. I don't want to say it can never happen. Anyone could request a trade at any time. It's becoming a lot more common nowadays with players becoming much better advocates for themselves in today's nhl that said um i do think it's pretty unlikely if it does happen he would fetch a huge return let's say it happened right now his contract right now is amazing yeah if he's going to a contender you're taking uh probably two first round picks and maybe their best prospect yeah that's uh for or second line center because that's what larkin is on a great team he's still a good second line center who's only getting better right now who's uh, salary locked on a really good deal. You're hearing right now Abby playing with her toy. Okay. You guys haven't met Abby yet. She's the dog at my house. She sucks just like Brad's dogs, but she might make it onto the show one day. Um, she's not a barker. No. Which is different. She's an attention whore. Did you like her fake Yelp, though, when I pulled her back from Oh, that was from Evan. Uh, she's learned to fake Yelp like she's in pain, which is so incredibly annoying because people think, like, you're hurting her. I'm like, I promise you I'm not. I grabbed the scruff of her neck to pull her down, and she went, ugh. Girl, She's I'm, dramatic. Yeah, she is. Uh, yeah, you're, you're talking first, if not first, best prospect. Yeah, it, if it does happen, Steve Eisenman would be able to make it. So it would suck. You'd be have to be getting premium yeah. in return. I literally can't think of I'm running through like every team in my head right now trying to think of find a comparable trade and nothing is coming up. Like a superstar in their prime on a great contract. Peter Poloshahansky says, Hey boys, is it the draft lottery yet? I just really want to fast forward through this nightmare of a season. I knew it'd be painful, but it's starting to break me down, I must admit. Anyways, really looking forward to the World Juniors and all the draft prospect content to follow. Are there any sleepers that you guys are looking forward to watching in the tournament? Thanks for the awesome content sleepers uh germany's gonna have a few like because obviously we know tim stoyd so but even like jj paterka and you know just the draft eligible guys you got to look at the smaller countries because the big countries have too many 18 and 19 year olds making the team so also jamie drysdale made team canada it's a bit of a surprise so he's gonna start getting a lot of serious looks i was gonna say top five drysdale was one that i was really looking forward to because if detroit gets bumped down to four or five or even six uh you want to look at drysdale at that spot he's probably the best defenseman available in this draft um i'll be honest with you i use the world juniors as a way to assess who i haven't been looking at enough before um not you know it's not the only resource there but it is a great way because it puts them on a national stage matt mckay says hey boys hope you're having a great week and hope you've had a great holiday just curious what you thought of the hall trade and what the trade would have looked like if the red wings would have been the team to trade for him and what do you think of ernie's two goal night thanks for all you do and keeping the season interesting cheers matt 
So we've well, talked about uh, Ernie and what we think of the Hall trade. If the Red Wings traded for him. So assuming the Red Wings were a contender because they're trading for a rental. So we'd have to pick three decent prospects. So our Kevin Ball would be Jared McIsaac. The next two would probably be, well, I'm trying to think who's comparable to Schnarr and Merkley in the system. That would probably be, I don't know, Dominic Turgeon might be the Merkley. The older, hasn't really established himself yet guy. Although Merkley's got higher offensive upside. Schnarr would be the, I don't know, Soderblom. Grave out maybe might be in there. Yeah, well, you're looking at the three possibilities. So, yeah, I'll say Soderblom, Bergman, McIsaac, and... I wouldn't go McIsaac and Turgeon, but one and of the two. Firsts. Yeah. Uh, Austin Heuser says, uh, gents, Merry Christmas and happy holidays. Quick question today. Are tickets for the draft on sale yet? Can't seem to find them anywhere. Cheers and let's go Red Wings. I don't think yet. No, um, but it won't be too hard once they are available. Kayla Thompson says, Hey guys, happy holidays. My question is about goalies. What are we going to do? Yeah, Bernier and Howard are good. Heck, Howard is one of our top goalies of all time. But between the age and the streakiness, what are we going to do? Uh, Picard doesn't seem like he'll go anywhere, and we can't just have Com- and we can't just have Comrie. Do you think we should trade for a goalie already in the NHL, or should we try to get a draft pick and hold for the best? Uh, Brad had a great suggestion a while back. Robin Lehner is a UFA. Mm-hmm. He'd be one to look at. There'll be a couple other low key UFAs in the same vein, and the goalies like- in New York. Yeah, go to New York. Yeah, Final. you got to look at the situations where teams now have too many goalies. Like or Winnipeg. They have a, or they have a log jam. Here's my uh, take on this. I think Eisman should do more of the same, not worry about it, and just try to chance it once they're closer to competing. When we pick fourth overall, don't be surprised when it's Askarov. <laughs> Mark Burnham says, hey, boys, happy holidays. Think you'll live stream during uh, any Wings game soon? You know, just looking for way, ways to enjoy games again other than beers. Yes, now that we're in the studio, once we have some stuff up on the walls and we're able to fully decorate, absolutely. And, you know, after Christmas and free time and whatnot. Only DeKaiser, Hronik, and Nemeth are signed through next season on D, and it seems like Stevie is fun of bringing guys in on short deals who are flying under the radar, being underused, and or possibly underperforming on their own team. Uh, think Fabry, Perlini, Nemeth. Uh, assuming he does this again to fill one of the D spots next year, who do you think might be a candidate? I have not been paying attention to the rest of the NHL enough to n- form a nearly good enough guess. To Sammy Hotton in a UFA? No. No, I don't think so. Yeah, he would. I thought they were look. They had to resign him soon. Uh, Sammy Votnin. No, I don't think he's a UFA. But he was probably how a block. I forget how old he is. He's young. He's, he's mid to late twenties. Oh wow, he's twenty eight. Oh, there you go. There yeah, you go. Uh, and he is a UFA at the end, or yeah, he's a UFA at the end of the insider. Year. Oh my god. <laughs> at Hockey Town Evan on Twitter. Thank you. <laughs> oh boy. Um, if they can get Sammy Votnin, thing is, if he's twenty eight. Sign him. He's going to want a longer. He's going to want deal. seven. He's not taking less than seven. But he's not having a good year, so he's not getting probably north of five years. I would oh, say, would he sign him at five by eight? Five. Sammy Votnin? Yeah. Have you been watching Sammy Votnin this year? His he cap hits nine million. Sammy Votnin. Are you looking at the right guy? No. Oh, no. Sorry. Sorry, 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 sorry. Yeah. Would you sign him? Would you sign him by five by seven? No, absolutely not. Sammy Votnin has been bad this year. I'd sign him on like a Jake Gardner 4x4. Whoa. Jake Gardner got, was picked up at a steal, and we know that. 
Uh, yeah, tell that to my fantasy team. I would, blows. I would argue Jake Gardner is better than Sammy Botman, So That's fine. Haroon Khan says, hey, guys, what are some changes for free agents? You can see Detroit landing this offseason. Could there be a chance we make the wild card next year, maybe? How- <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, you sweet summer child. Do you think we sign Tory Krug and Taylor Hall this summer? Because if so, then maybe. Then maybe. Uh, if they get the next Connor McDavid in the next draft, then that might boast them up. If we have bit. Lafreniere, Krug, Taylor Hall, Joe Valeno, Moritz Sider blow our expectations and Philip Zadina scores 40 <laughs> goals, maybe. So and, I was watching and Byfield um, somehow. I was watching some prospect highlight videos, and Lafreniere's was only for October, and it was like he had forty points in the month. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, he's going first. Probably. Yeah, he'll do that. No, yeah, I'm almost certain because it was like it was like a twenty eight minute video for one month of hockey in which he had forty points in that month. Lafreniere, good. Yes. Good. Dylan Krill says, hey guys, happy holidays. With our goalie situation, do you guys think we should take a shot at an upcoming free agent? I can see Holtby Grice and a Markstrom's price being too high, but what do you guys think about Laner? Yes. I think he'd keep us competitive with our young roster and he's only 28. Um, also, do you think New Jersey will keep trading away players for draft picks? After the Hall trade, they only have two picks in the first three rounds. Who do they trade if you think yes? Subban, five points in 33 games played. They'll have a hard time trading Subban, Vatnin, like we mentioned, Will. Wayne Simmons. Who was going to pick up Wayne Simmons at $5 million? He's not good enough for $5 million. Yeah, well, they just retained half of Taylor Hall. Who the hell is, who says they're not going to retain half of Simmons? That's true. I'm super interested in what the long play is for um, Florida and Spencer Knight. They signed Bobrovsky to an absolute massive deal. Are they hoping he's still around in 10 years and is 28 as a rookie? I think they're not thinking about it. I think they're... Thinking seven years, I think four years from now, he'll start backing up. Well, wow. I, yeah. yeah. They're going to trade him to Detroit for Andreas Athanasiu. Those rumors start in two years. I just think we need to you know, pick some pockets when teams run into a situation where they've got too many goalies and they got to figure out what to do with one of them. Well, if you want a GM who's going to do that, it's this one. Yeah. Hey, isn't it funny how Columbus... Or sorry, was it... No, f- Columbus picked up... A young goalie prospect for a second round pick from Philly, and he turned into Sergei Bobrovsky. And now the same situation might happen <laughs> because of him. Philly basically had goalie problems for 15 years. Yep. Adam uh, Cesar says, Hey, friendos, happy holidays to you. What would be the least offensive draft order specifically for Red Wings fans in this year's draft the lottery? Least or most? Least. Um, I keep spiraling into a pit of depression every time I reset the Tankathon mock draft and simulate again and again, only to have New Jersey draft first, Ottawa second and third, and then us fourth. What would be your ideal top five that wouldn't make you mad? Mine would be Detroit, Columbus, Minnesota, LA, Anaheim. I just got the most um, conflicting one. Yeah. How would you feel about that? That hurts a uh, lot. No. Toronto getting Lafreniere, but us getting Byfields? Yeah. Uh, um, I'm simming the lottery a bunch of times. Oh, my God. There, I just got a good one. Detroit, Buffalo, Chicago. Yeah. I just got uh, Chicago, Ottawa, Ottawa. Uh, my least offensive one out of everybody who's like a realistic contender for it, I'll go Detroit, LA, Minnesota. Yeah, that works for me. No Tampa, Keep no Byfield Toronto. and Raymond in the other conference. And no, no Chicago. Um, Detroit first. I will go Vancouver second. No, they don't deserve it. Minnesota they second. They don't have their first. Oh, no, they, they, they have do. a stipulation they could keep their first if... Lottery protected? Yeah. Detroit, like Vancouver, and I will go 
Carolina by way of Toronto because that's funny. <laughs> uh, okay. We are going to keep going here. Uh, oh, he says, thanks for all you guys do. I've been listening since March of this year and haven't missed a minute. That's amazing to hear, man. Thank you. Uh, happy holidays to you. Much love from the li- literal littlest Caesar from Detroit, Adam Caesar. Caesar. Caesars? Caesars? I'm probably saying it wrong. Sorry. Wait, I'm confused. What first round pick did Toronto give up to Carolina as the Marlowe dump? Was it next year's? Marlowe, yeah. Was it this year? So yeah. all the times Toronto comes up in our thing, that's Carolina? Yeah. But it doesn't say that. It sh- I feel like it should say that because it has every other trade integrated in. It does on Tankathon. I'm seeing it here. No. I'm seeing Because I just had the one with Toronto picking first, and there's no Carolina logo there. Oh, that's probably just something on mobile. Yeah, no. I got it here. Oh, yeah. there. No. Weird. Yeah. Uh, Stephen Clary says, hey, guys. So the Wings are on pace for 69 points. Nice. So they got that going for them, which is nice. Uh, Michael Hutchison is starting for the Leafs on Saturday, so you're telling me the Wings have a chance? No. Especially since Bernier won't be on the verge of painting the crease brown slash yellow. I was glad to see everyone made the Wings Twitter personalities team, but I didn't realize at first that Ryan made the management team. I only saw the on-ice lineup. thought it was weird that Evan made it over Ryan since Evan probably slotted in more as a seventh team man based on his absences and uh, TTP stats, though to be fair, I'd argue for more a more elevated role based on the last few episodes. See, Evan, time... Uh, I'm a top prospect who just doesn't give a shit <laughs> about the sh- about playing in the show. I just want to be there, you know, a locker room guy, have a couple beers, and uh, sign some autographs. You're Jeff O'Neill. <laughs> I, I, I was first line and got a letter. I got a, I got leadership responsibilities Yikes, now. That's the worst. So got, you're the Justin Ablocator then. No, no, I was on the first line, but yeah. So you're the Justin Ablocator yeah, then. That kind of works. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was the assistant GM in that, so I'm happy to be the Stevie of this situation. Just kidding, Evan. You're awesome. Happy holidays, boys. Enjoy the break. Hashtag burn down Columbia McDonald's. Oh God, yes, I will join you. Matt Cheney says, "Twas the night before the draft lottery, and all around the podcast table, it was clear from his scowl that Brad was not stable. The jerseys were hung all around the wall as the Dub Dub boys prayed the wings didn't fall." Evan was nestled all snug with his bed as the dreams of a hole-in-one danced in his head. The Patriots sent in their comments for Ryan to read. Ryan does it with grace. He does it with speed. When the day comes around and the live stream is up, the boys sit happily with beers in their cup. Thoughts of number one or number two were delightful and swell. Little did they know the, the wings had, had again fell. Not one, not two, and not three is where we pick. Push back to four. I think Brad will be sick. <laughs> the boys fall back. Emotions overwhelm. Let's get back to talking about hashtag elite sniper Darren Helm. <laughs> I need you the to rest, that, frame it, and put it on the wall. <laughs> the rest of you step up your comment game. Yeah. Now, Patreon comments are over. Nobody else gets to comment. Now Larkin, now Tuzi, now Mantha and Fabry. On Zadina, on Cider, on Valeno and Stutzley. I think that's how you say it. As the contracts expire and cap space opens, we can finally see see the wings win and feel good emotions true fans stick around through thick and thin without the dub dub i couldn't form a grin keep up the good work boys your pot is the best if we keep believing the wings will see success happy holidays dub dub this is by far (laughs) the greatest comment we have ever received that was incredible matt cheney thank you so much for that i promise you we're putting that up on the wall <laughs> yeah and the rest of you suck <laughs> matt haggard says hey guys hopefully not too late uh, i just saw the news that the jets grabbed Comrie off waivers so he's back with his old team i recall hearing that the jets hadn't really wanted to lose him in i the like that place. he's kind of reading it with the cadence <laughs> <laughs> uh so getting out our tinfoil hats could cvb angling something just to make a deal with the jets or are we just unlucky uh probably the latter 
I wouldn't say not the former. I'm sure Eisenman has hedges his bets here. Uh, Garrett TV says, Hockey Amigos, in honor of your awesome accidental segment from last episode, what did Jim Montgomery do? Oh, let's do a little <laughs> bit more of that. What did Jim Montgomery do? Because we're going to do this until we know. <laughs> Jim Montgomery wore his indoor Crocs outside. Oh, <laughs> rough. Uh, let's see. What else have we talked about today to make this relevant? Jim Montgomery paid full price to see cats. <laughs> Jim Montgomery parks on the street overnight so the snowplow can't plow the street. Jim Montgomery Jim Montgomery reserved eight seats at the theater when only four of his friends showed up. I would do that, though. Uh, <laughs> I figured I'd send along a few spicy rumors I've heard swirling about. Jim Montgomery sent Tyler Sagan more emails even after Sagan unsubscribed. Uh, two, Montgomery charged excessive transaction service fees just because he could. Three, Montgomery drives under the speed limit in the fast lane. Ugh. And four, finally, Montgomery knowingly sympathized with Brad Marchand. Thanks, boys. Keep getting pucks deep. I like those. Just because it happened to me on the way here, Jim Montgomery jacked up his truck and put bright halogens in them. Everybody who does that. Oh, that's how you know you're in Breslau. Yeah. That happened in Kitchener on Victoria Street. Uh, it's coming back from Roxy's. Oh, definitely. Roxy. Rowan says, good day, dead deads. So the following people in hockey have been fired this year. Don Cherry, Mike Babcock, Bill Peters, John Hines, Peter DeBoer, Jim Montgomery, and now old mate uh, Donald Trump is being impeached. The question remains, why is Brad still on the podcast? Is it out of pity? Hex lads, it's been a bit on the warm side down here the last few days, and it's not just the takes being fired off my Twitter account. It was 50 degrees Celsius in uh, Australia. Screw you. Um... The, duh, 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 this global warming thing is starting to get out of hand. Now, all I'm saying is we didn't have this kind of issue when we were regularly sacrificing virgins to get to the sun god. All right, Devin. Well, sorry to tell you. That ain't me. <laughs> <laughs> Something to think about. Jersey time, and I'm going to flagrantly ignore your no free ads narrative since I've seen this question a bunch lately. If you wanted a legit, correctly customized Homer Away Red Wings Adidas jersey, do not buy from the NHL shop, etc., but pass go and head directly to Vintage Detroit Collection on Michigan Avenue or visit their website, vintagedetroit.com. Uh, you guys should let them know that this is a great website or this is a great podcast to sponsor and they they'd probably get a lot of business from you from you so tell them to reach out uh bonus jersey time since the release of the kings and Avs stadium series jerseys they've not been seen or heard from since i wonder if adidas have gone back to the drawing board to correct their very obvious mistake anyways which one was worse oh god the colorado one was worse they were both atrocious but the Avs one was just horrid la's was worse no la's was worse I'm sorry. LA, that Colorado one looked like an ugly Christmas sweater. At least it looked like something. What was LA's? The bottom half is... It looks like a kid's drawing. No, Brad, you're... Evan... This is just a cripple fight in the parking lot. There's no winner or loser. Okay, but who's was, which one was worse? <laughs> I was going to continue that joke, but I won't. <laughs> Thank you. Not. I already have enough editing to do. Which one was worse? You got to decide. Uh, Colorado. I can, oh, my God. I can at least do black and white, but Colorado's was just a series of unfortunate like events. They were getting stabbed in the throat with their own mountain. Bunch of meatheads. Get out of my house. Anyways... With that episode, Mel said we could stay. Oh, God, she's so annoying. Thank you, Mel, for letting us stay here. Uh, with that, we're going to wrap up this episode of the Winged Wheel Podcast. Uh, we will let you guys know what our holiday schedule is. We're probably going to take just a little bit of time off. Uh, it might actually be this Sunday. It's we not by choice. I literally have no free time. Uh, we'll let you know what happens. Um, we want to thank our name-level sponsors. I hate poutine and the Lions. Uh, only half of that is true. Scott Martin, Luke Johnson, Mitchell Shinkowski, Arjun Shanker, Hassam Al-Kassem, uh, 
Uh, thank you so much. Clayton Van Dyken, Mike Reed, Aaron Taylor, Langabeer, Matthew M. Rice, Kayla Thompson, Ryan Lewis, Sean Levine, Matt McKay, Hannah Lee, Kaylin Wood, Jacob Turner, Charlie Elkins, John Evans, Antonio Lupu, uh, Rob Thiel, Craig Kibble, Stan Olson, Ryan Lewis, Danny Jr., Kwaz and Simon Anderson. Thank you all so much. Uh, some of you name level sponsors who've been around for a while, check your Patreon messages and uh, happy holidays. Merry Christmas, everyone. Uh, I don't know when we'll talk next, but if it's not until after the break, enjoy, be safe, have fun. Uh, try not to watch too much Red Wings hockey. Thanks for tuning in to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Be sure to check out wingedwheelpodcast.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll also find links to other ways to support the show, such as Patreon, official podcast apparel, and more. And don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at Winged Wheel Pod. And of course, the hosts at Brad Crisco, at Ryan Hanna WWP, and at Hockey Town Evan.